1: radiant timeless this mother's day give her the gift that meets her match with diamond jewelry starting at 200 dollars, plus diamonds directs exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at diamonds direct diamonds direct your love our passion
2: trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry
0: From Comedy Central's World News headquarters in New York. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition.
3: Tonight is a filmmaker and a producer with a new documentary series called The Atlanta Child Murders. Will Packer is joining us, everybody. Also on the show tonight, airline safety videos are lying to you, why socialism is so hot, and the congressman who's suing a cow on Twitter. So let's catch up on today's headlines. First up, if you have ever gone on Twitter and shit-talked a politician for fun, I hope you have your credit card handy, because now you're gonna have to pay up.
2: Republican Congressman Devin Nunes is suing Twitter and several of its users for more than a quarter of a billion dollars.
3: He claims they have defamed him. Among the tweets he references in the lawsuit is this one from a parody account, at Devin Nunes's mom. In another, the user wrote, when we have questions about hookers or Vegas strip clubs, we'll call you, okay,
0: Devin Nunes? How is it possible that I can be attacked relentlessly hundreds of times a day by fake accounts that they claim in their, in their terms of service should not be there.
3: Oh, how come the people on the Twitter can say the bad things to me? <laughs> what a snowflake. <laughs> Look, man, I think it's terrible when kids are bullied online, but as a grown man, this should not be a problem for you. First of all, don't click on your mentions, all right? You are choosing to visit your bullies. I wish I had that luxury in school, If they were just like, hey, Trevor, click here to get a wedgie. I'd be like, no, I'm just gonna say no. And if you can't avoid your mentions online, just turn on your filters to block out the trolls, okay? That's what I do. Every day on my Twitter, I've got Nazis telling me they hate me and they want to kill my family in Africa, and I just block that, you know why? Because I don't want to see it, all right? I don't want you to remind me that I have family in Africa. I made it to America, (laughs) baby, I'm out! I left those losers behind! And another thing, a lawsuit is definitely not the way to handle this because now everyone knows about these accounts making fun of you, Devin Nunez. Like there's one account he's suing that pretends to be his cow. (laughs) Yes. This is true. And before yesterday, the Devin Nunez cow had like 1,000 followers. Then Nunez files his lawsuit and now it has 154,000 followers. (laughs) Yeah, actually, 154,001. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Robert Kraft. Last month, the billionaire New England Patriots owner was charged with paying for hand jobs at a Florida massage parlor. Well, today, he might have gotten his happy ending.
4: Just in, an offer is now on the table for New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, who is charged with two counts of solicitation in connection with a South Florida day spa. Prosecutors have offered to drop those charges if Kraft admits he would have been found guilty at trial.
2: This would also include some punishment. It would include 100 hours of community service, an education course about prostitution, and a screening for SEDs.
3: <laughs> a screening for SEDs? Like, wh- what is all of this? Rich people get deals that I've never heard of. Admit you would have been found guilty and will let you go? <laughs> <laughs> out of here, man. At least make him admit it in a room full of Eagles fans. Then we'll see some punishment, you know? (laughs) This is insane. We'll only let you go if you're guilty. What? Like rich people are really living in another world. And also, he has to take an education course about prostitution? (laughs) Uh, If you read the reports, he should be the professor, okay? (laughs) The guy has hands-on experience, (laughs) if you know what I mean. And also, how do you even learn about prostitution? What do you do, spend a day with Cat Williams as a pimp? Lesson number one, don't be sorry, ho, be careful, Pat. Ah! Oh, and speaking of rich people living in another world, here's some sports news, I guess.
2: A multi-millionaire in China just paid more than $1 million for this prized Belgian racing pigeon named Armando pigeon racing has become increasingly popular. In China, Armando is considered to be the best long-distance racing pigeon, quote, of all time. Armando is the most expensive bird ever to be sold at auction by a huge margin.
3: Seriously? One million dollars for a pigeon? I mean, I guess I am happy to see pigeons finally getting some respect, you know? (laughs) No, because they're just as good as doves, but they get none of the credit, why? Because they're gray, bird racism. That's what that is. (laughs) And apparently this bird is expensive because when you let it go, it always comes back really fast. If that's the case, I've got millions of dollars on my balcony every morning, yeah. (laughs) I wake up every day and the pigeons are there, I'm like, get out of here, get out of here! Then every morning, the next day, they come back, yeah. Now tomorrow I'll be like, hey, pigeon! Want to come in for some brunch? And <laughs> well, the pictures will be like, oh, looks like someone was watching the news. Uh, <laughs> who's the rats of the sky now? All right, let's move on to today's top story. <laughs> After the Ethiopian Airlines crash two weeks ago, countries around the world came together to ground the Boeing 737 MAX 8 when it was found that the plane itself may have caused the crash. Now the question has become, how was a self-crashing plane allowed to fly in the first place?
2: Federal investigators are looking into how the FAA approved Boeing's 737 MAX jet after similarities were found in two deadly crashes in less than five months.
3: Investigators are eyeing the possibility a single sensor failure sent the Lion Air 737 into a fatal nosedive, a shortcoming apparently missed by the FAA and Boeing.
2: At least five pilots in the U.S. complained about problems controlling their uh, Boeing 737 MAX 8 jets during critical moments of flight.
0: Now the union says its pilots were not adequately trained. We were
4: provided a 56-minute iPad um, lesson which we could accomplish at home or wherever we chose to. Are you kidding me?
3: The only training pilots had for this new plane was an hour on an iPad. And look, don't get me wrong. iPads are good for a lot of things. All right? Watching Netflix, uh, getting your child to shut up, uh, or taking a picture while ruining the view of everybody behind you. <laughs> It's really great for that. I don't know why you brought an iPad to a concert, but that's you, clearly. Now I'm at a concert watching the concert on your shitty little TV, but whatever. But what I don't know is why people are using an iPad to teach pilots, right? I don't know if an iPad is the best way to teach a pilot how to fly a plane. Mostly because it's hard to do anything for an hour on an iPad. So distracting, you're like, all right, lesson one, here we go, let's get started. Uh, Oh, but first a little Twitter, oh, here we go. (laughs) And someone's like, have you done your training? Ah, no, but I bought some towels on Amazon. (laughs) Now, Boeing says the reason they gave the pilots iPads is because this new plane is very similar to the old ones. But the experts are saying, the real reason Boeing didn't do simulator training is because it saved everyone money. And now look, companies are always gonna try and cut costs to maximize profits. So that's why you have regulators. Regulators are there to make sure that cost cutting doesn't cut down on safety. And that's the job of the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA. But it turns out somewhere along the line, the FAA went from Boeing's boss to Boeing's bitch. In 2015, the FAA moved from focusing on enforcement to compliance and relying heavily on the airline's own safety programs to meet FAA standards. Since 2014, the number of enforcement actions against airlines has dropped roughly 70%. Scott Brenner, a former associate administrator at the FAA, says the agency does not have the resources to certify aircraft without the help of
4: the manufacturer. They are taking Boeing's word, but Boeing is also presenting data to prove their word.
1: Boeing basically outguns the FAA. They have far more expertise, and the
2: FAA has become pretty much a toothless tiger.
3: Yeah, it turns out that because the FAA lacks funding, they can't afford to hire people skilled enough to certify the planes. So they just have to trust that the plane manufacturers will regulate themselves, which is a pretty sweet deal for the plane manufacturers. Like, I wish I could have done that in my life. I wish I could have graded my own homework at school, yeah? I would have just sat there like, none of this is right. A minus, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be greedy. A minus, that sounds right. That's not how oversight works, right? You've got to have someone else looking over you. Imagine if God let us decide whether or not to smite ourselves. Yeah, we'd never do it. We'd probably just be like, well, I did cover Gary's wife, but in my defense, Gary's wife got that ass. <laughs> God will understand. I mean, he made that ass. <laughs> and here's the thing the FAA deferring to the plane makers affects all aspects of air travel. Like, for instance, you know how seats are getting smaller and closer together? Many people have argued that that's unsafe. But the FAA says it's fine. Why? Because the plane manufacturers tell them that it's fine. That seems insane to me. Like how far does this trust go? Someday we're gonna be getting on a plane and the flight attendant's just gonna be like, your seat is on the wing. And be like, uh, is that safe? Yeah, Boeing says it's fine. Uh, just keep your arms like this, we'll be good. <laughs> so look, until the FAA starts providing some oversight, the least they can do is give us a more realistic understanding of the dangers we face when we get on a plane. That's the least, right? Just let us know what we're getting into and we thought we would help them because they don't have any money, so we made this safety video for them to use. Hello, and welcome aboard the Boeing 737 MAX 8.
2: Our first priority is your safety, right after profit. But safety's number two. Your aircraft is equipped with eight emergency exit doors, but to keep costs down, four of them are painted on. Which ones? That's the fun. When seated, keep your seatbelt fastened in the event of unexpected turbulence or unexpected nosedives because our flight software runs on Windows 98. Oop, there she goes again. We'll get you
1: to your destination safely thanks to the top training our pilots receive from Boeing's Angry Birds-enabled iPads. Because flying a Boeing is a lot like Angry Birds. You go up, you go down, and everybody's angry.
2: So on behalf of our whole crew of this Boeing 737 MAX 8, let's let's hope we we make make it. it.
3: Let's hope we make it. We'll be right back.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
0: Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.
2: Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty.
3: Show. <laughs> Socialism. It's starting to get more popular in America and it's making Fox News more afraid than Mike Pence at a screening of Bohemian Rhapsody.
2: The rise of socialism has never been more clear. Now you have AOC and you have a hundred of these members of Congress openly embracing this.
0: Socialism is not only dangerous, but it is also evil. This Green New Deal, this is sugar-coated socialism. It's like sugar-coating poison, sweet at the front, deadly at the end. Ooh,
3: sweet at the front, deadly at the end you talking about socialism or Willy Wonka's chocolate factory? What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, that was deadly at the end. You know how many kids died? We don't talk about that. That's not a children's story. It's a horror movie with fun music. For more on the rise of socialism in America, we turn to a man who always makes me pay for dinner, my friend, Neil Brennan, everybody. Hey, buddy, we should grab dinner soon. No, thanks. So, Neil, um, who's responsible for socialism's popularity right now? Is it Bernie Sanders? Uh, Is it Elizabeth Warren, Ocasio-Cortez? No, I'll tell you who's responsible. Rich people. Rich people
1: have done more for socialism than Bernie, AOC, and Elizabeth Warren combined. Which, by the way, would be a very unpleasant-looking person.
3: (laughs) Ah! Take that away, take that away. Okay, but Neil, I don't understand how, how can rich people be responsible for socialism if they hate it? Because they keep rubbing
1: their money in people's faces with their tax dodging and wealth flaunting and financial corruption. When it comes to socialism, I don't blame Uncle Bernie. I blame Aunt Becky. (laughs) It, It wasn't enough that she's a TV star and married to a millionaire. She still had to scam her daughter's way into college. You had everything, why cheat? It's like if the Hulk got caught doing steroids. <laughs> For what? Hulk, no. <laughs> steroids redundant. Also, Hulk ball shrink. <laughs> Mrs. Hulk, no happy. So when people see that admission scandal and then Bernie comes along and says, we should tax the rich and make college free. I get why Americans would think, yeah, college should be free.
3: I agree with White Yoda. So you think socialism is just a natural reaction to capitalism that's run amok. It's basically like putting up speed bumps because people are driving too fast. Yep, because rich people are out here Tokyo
1: drifting with their dicks out. (laughs) Look at Amazon. They wanted a new home for their corporate headquarters, so Jeff Bezos made cities audition for him like a spoiled king. Pittsburgh, entertain me. (laughs) Birmingham, my feet are sore, Rub them. (laughs) Cute, but I'm going with New York. And Amazon picked New York partly because New York offered them $3 billion. So, if more New Yorkers are going socialist, don't blame AOC. Blame Jeff Bezos. He's worth $144 billion. You know how rich that is? Even if you started earning $50 million a year, guess how long it would take for you to reach Jeff Bezos level. 2,880 years. Now, imagine being that rich and still being like, yeah, I'll come to your city, but you got to give me money.
3: Sweet Lord, that is super rich.
1: I know. To get that money, LeBron would have to stay on the Lakers until the year forty-eight ninety-nine, <laughs> And they probably still won't make the playoffs. <laughs> the Knicks won't either. <laughs> By the way, having super rich people in charge doesn't help either. Last week, our billionaire president proposed cuts to Medicaid, the program that gives health insurance to the poor. This is a guy who can afford the best doctors in the world, and he still wants to take health care away from poor people. My god, the assholery. It's not enough you're already in the VIP section sipping Cristal. You also want to walk around the club slapping Bud Lights out of other people's hands. And yes, Bud Light is the Medicaid of beers. (laughs) Dilly dilly. So when people see budget cuts like that, then hear Elizabeth Warren pitching Medicare for all, you can't be shocked when 57% of them are like, yeah, I'm with Senator Librarian on this. So, So
3: if I understand you, you're actually warning rich people that they're creating the socialism that's gonna bring them down. Yeah. Or to quote the ancient philosopher
1: Ice Cube, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because the best salesmen for socialism aren't the lefty politicians, it's the ultra-wealthy. Forget Che Guevara. We should put the real heroes of socialism on T-shirts. Rich Dick. Neil Brennan, everyone!
0: We'll be right back.
3: Show. My guest tonight is an Emmy-nominated producer and filmmaker whose box office hits include *Girls Trip* and *Ride Along*. He's the executive producer of the new documentary series *The Atlanta Child Murders*. Please welcome Will Packer.
4: What a great crowd! Welcome, man. To- yeah, they're amazing. Are they're you kidding me? What energy! To the show. Who did they think was coming? I don't know, but <laughs> whatever. Thanks oh, for man, staying.
3: How can, you you can't say that about yourself. You are Will Packer. You are the person who has created some of the most popular movies that are out. For instance, Girls Trip yes. was the first film that was. Yeah. yeah. It was the first film that was written, directed by and starred African Americans that true. went to, went on to cross hundred million, million yeah. dollars. Yeah. That's Proud amazing. Of that, man.
4: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
3: When you When you're making these films, is is there a part of you that that thinks to yourself how important it is for the films to be successful
4: so that Hollywood takes black Hollywood as seriously as it does every other film? No question. There's like an added pressure because when you look like me and you're making films that star people, you know, who don't look like what Hollywood has made forever, right? Right. Forever, it's always been like a white guy and typically he was an action movie and it Uh made a billion dollars around the world. Well, now, you know, I make movies that star African-Americans. I make movies that, you know, written and directed by. And if they do not work, make no mistake, Hollywood will say that's not what people want to see. Right. And so absolutely, I feel that added pressure to have my films not only be good and have a good narrative and have the audience enjoy them, but for them to work. Because Hollywood's a business at the end of the day. Right. It's a business like any other business. I want my business to be successful so that I can do more. What do you think the secret is to making it appeal
3: to everybody? Because I know a lot of the misconceptions are people will be like, well, Will, I mean, I love it, but it's a, it's a black film. I mean, you know, <laughs> how do we appeal to everybody? But your films are funny. They are good. Yeah. What do you think the secret is? Is there a secret?
4: You know what it is? I try to make movies that feel uh, inclusive, not exclusive. I really do. I try to make movies that um, have universal themes. Right. That just happen to have black and brown people in front of the camera. Right, right, right. The girl That could have been anybody. You know that could have been anybody going to uh, New Orleans, getting drunk and behaving badly. Right. Anyone could have been stuck on a zipline and peeing on people below them. Absolutely. That could be anyone. Sure.
3: Yeah, could have been me. (laughs) Could have been me. Um, This documentary is a complete departure from what we associate the name Will Packer with. Totally different. Right. This this is a this is a documentary about twenty three young black kids in Atlanta. Right who were killed, completely missing. Why do you even begin to start making the story?
4: You know, um, it goes back to what we talked about. I'm in a position where I can create content, and uh, I, I live in Atlanta. Uh, I was raised in the South. I grew up in Florida. Um, and I knew this story, and I knew not a lot of people knew it. Right. And it's exactly what you said. Like, that... Travesty happened. It, it is literally one of the greatest American tragedies that happened in this country, where 23 children were murdered, kidnapped, murdered within a, a 23 month span. And it took a very long time for it to even make national news. It was at a time when um, Atlanta was a city who had just uh, gotten its first black mayor. Mm-hmm. We were coming out of the civil rights movement at that time. It happened, the first murder happened in 79. Uh, And a lot of people said, we don't need this right now. Atlanta is a city that we're trying to tell people we're too busy to hate. Right. This is something that we kind of need to go away. And because these kids were poor... And because they were black and because they didn't have means and they didn't have people advocating for them, um, it it was easier to victimize them. And that's still true today. The most vulnerable amongst us, it is still uh, easier for them to be taken advantage of, whether they're they're black kids or immigrants or whatever it is. You know, for me, it was about telling the story so that we could be aware that this did happen in this country. Right. If we're not careful, it could happen again.
3: That's what I enjoyed about the documentary is that it's it's less of an indictment on one specific person or a bad guy, per se, and it asks questions, you know, questions that are laid out. How was this not a bigger story? Why were there not more resources poured into this? How is this a crime that was never solved, or crimes, plural, yeah. that that were never solved? And in many ways, when I was watching the documentary, it reminded me of what people said in and around the R. Kelly story, and that was... Victims who are of a certain color or victims who come from a certain background are less likely to be focused on by the mainstream news. Yeah. When you were talking to these parents in the documentary, did they did they look at this documentary as some sort of closure? Was it hard for them to relive the experience?
4: You know what? It was it was certainly difficult. That's the unfathomable, right? Um, you know, losing a child. There's there's nothing. Um, it's unimaginable that mm-hmm. that level of pain, you're never the same. But it's interesting. You said closure because. For a lot of the victims' families, you know, no one is in jail who has been tried and convicted and had to be held responsible for the murders of these children. Right. What happened, and you'll see this in the documentary, there is somebody that's in jail, his name is Wayne Williams, and he was convicted of murdering two adults around that same time. Right. And when it happened, when they arrested him and tied him to evidence for those other murders, the other murders stopped. And it was very convenient at the time for the city... Law enforcement, Georgia Bureau of Investigations, people on black, white, everybody said, listen, this is the guy. He did them all. We need to close these cases. And so for these families, they never got a chance to have closure. Right. They never got a chance to say, this is the person who needs to be held accountable for what happened to my child. And so it was, um, it was definitely liberating for them to be able to tell their stories. Um, and that's what we wanted to do. They haven't had a national platform like this to tell what it was like to be a parent during that time.
3: It, it really is a powerful story that shows you how much it could change a city and a country. I mean, the there's footage that you have in the documentary of the PSAs that would come on television yeah. where they would say, it is 10 p.m. Yes. Is your child indoors? Do you know where your child do is? Do you know yeah. where your child is? And yeah. this this really became a trying time for Atlanta. When you talk to the families, has there been some sort of journey that they've had to go on to, to even begin rebuilding their lives? What, what do you find... You know, people have connected with to try and have some semblance of, 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 I guess, healing.
4: Yeah, you know, um, it, 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 it didn't, um, it didn't end well um, for many of the parents afterwards. We talk about that in the doc as well. Right. This, this is, this is real life, and these are, these are complex issues. And so, um, some of the parents were never the same. Um, some got involved with drugs and, 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 and crime and other challenges that didn't exist before. Right. Um, and a lot of them just never felt like anybody heard them. Right. Um, Obviously, if you have one child that, um, you know, is is kidnapped and murdered, that's one child too many. Right. To think that um, you could have 23 that happened in this country um, and for so, so very long, nobody stepped up and said there must be a pattern that we must put all our resources behind it. People with power and with means, they decide um, where the resources go. And so those that are the most vulnerable amongst us, right. those that don't have a platform, those that don't have memes, um, you know, those are the ones that need our, as a society, protection the most, and they didn't get it. So its um, it's been really, really tough for those families, but I, I, am, I am glad that we're able to tell the story because... It's one of those things where you have to know your history, you know? We're in a different time now. Things happen differently. You know, for the good and the bad of it, social media does give voice to some groups of people that don't have voices, and that's Mm. a good thing. Um, But the fact that it happened could happen again if we're not careful because we still have those whose lives are not valued on the same way as people who have money, who have influence, who have power. Yeah, it really is
3: a powerful story. I'd recommend everybody watch it and uh, every film that you're making. Congratulations, man. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for being Thank on the for show. Having me. Thank you. The Atlanta Child Murders will premiere March twenty-third at nine PM on investigation discovery. We'll pack everybody
2: <laughs> Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry.